Welcome to Trowadron Legends and Lore. Episode 46, Arden. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Trowadron Legends and Lore. I'm Chad Corey. And today we're going to continue in the mini-series we started a couple episodes back, talking about the origin cities of Trollodon and uh, sharing some more information inside about them. Not getting like, super, super detailed, but kind of giving you a nice summation and basic overview of what they were about. So again, looking forward to digging into that real quickly here. I just wanted to thank you all for continuing your support of this podcast and for the books and series in general. Um, just kind of a little plug here real quick here. If you're interested in learning more about Trollodron, you can, uh, first of all, check out the books I've written in uh, the last couple of years here. There is the Wizard King Trilogy, which consists of Return of the Wizard King, Trial of the Wizard King, and Triumph of the Wizard King. There's also a box set available of all three books, a nice slipcase with a fold-out map. And then there is the latest release for that called The Shadow Region, which is uh, in stores now uh, with all the other books, obviously. All of these books, by the way, are available in print, digital, and audio formats. And the, the Shadow Region is uh, kind of a step into the greater cosmos of the world setting, sharing more about what's going on with the different uh, gods and settings and things in the aftermath of the Wizard King trilogy, although it is a standalone book and you don't really have to know what took place with the Wizard King trilogy. It was written in such a way that you get a very brief summary or introduction, I guess you can say, about the trilogy and just everything you need to know, and that's you go from there, and it's a brand new story. So you don't really have to know, like I said, what had, what took place before. Readers who have read the trilogy and maybe want to get into this new book will just find that there's some added benefits of having that insight, but it's not like you are missing out in any way, shape, or form on the story. Like I said, it's a brand new story, standalone, takes you on uh, another adventure, another another universal hopping, uh, I guess, storyline uh, in and of itself. So I want to encourage people to do that there. You can also uh, find me on social media. Uh, ChadCorey.com is the website, C-H-A-D-C-O-R-R-I-E.com. And then there is uh, Creator Chat is my handle, which you can find me on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And then if you want to get more information about Trollodron in general, uh, you can go to the website Trollodren, T-R-A-L-O-D-R-E-N.com. And Trollodren is also the handle for the social media, which is, again, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram there as well. So a lot of ways you can hold me, a lot of ways to stay in touch, including the newsletter, which you can subscribe to and get more information about what's going on as well. And I will be doing some more events and update you well, signings and such in the near future through that and the website and, I guess, social media too. So do stay alert to what's going on as we move forward into the rest of this year, at least time of this recording. So, again, thank you for that. And finally, if you want to do, uh, share any input, commentary, if you had any questions about anything in particular regarding this podcast, maybe some things that I've shared previously in previous seasons even, if you're getting caught up or you know binge listening to those episodes... I would encourage you to send me an email at lore, that's L-O-R-E, at chadcorey, that's C-H-A-D-C-O-R-R-I-E dot com. 
and let me know what you've been thinking about the podcast. Let me know if there is anything you want to see covered, anything you wanted to delve into more, maybe some things to steer away from in the past, or if you just had some comments and questions in general you wanted to pass on, I'd be more than happy to see if I can answer them or accommodate them with future episodes. And uh, make sure that this podcast is as good as it can be for everyone that's uh, participated in listening. I do encourage that. And I also encourage people, like I usually do, if you have the time or the ability to do so, you can just send me uh, an email or even just you know send me something in social media. Let me know where you're getting access to this uh, podcast, where you're finding these episodes, and what uh, devices you're using to listen to them on. It would be very helpful for me so I can kind of continue to gauge where this is reaching. Well, I do have a rough idea of where it's reaching as far as like who is getting it, per se. I don't always know how they're getting access to it, how they come across it, what their interest is in the series in general, why they're you know checking it out, what brought them to it in the first place, and, and so forth. So it's kind of a marketing insight thing but also just more of a fun way to stay informed of who the audience really is like anything in life it's always good to know who is benefiting or you know likes this content that you're producing whether it's books or podcasts or what have you and that gives you a better idea of what to do in the future for like i said series and content and stuff in general to better suit that audience so that all said let's get back to the podcast here uh, we're going to start today with Arden, and Arden is the gnomish origin city. We've covered previous episodes, the elven and the human origin cities. Now we're going to delve into the gnomes. And gnomes haven't really been covered too much yet in a lot of Trollodon stuff. Uh, the books thus far don't really get into the gnomes too much yet. We'll be changing that in, in future installments of stories and things, but for the most part... They're kind of a, a mystery, and the gnomes with the halflings and a lot of other races, Nepoese and the uh, Patriots and stuff, are over on the western lands. And the western lands are so far away for a lot of people that they might as well just be you know, on the other side of the world. And they don't often get a lot of traffic by the more common people groups that call the northern hemisphere home. A lot of them are more familiar with the northlands, the midlands, and the southernlands because they're all kind of in the same part of the planet and kind of have a more easy way to interact with each other and have been doing so for centuries, if not millennia. So that's kind of where their focus is. It's more of an eastward focus with their with their view. Not a lot of them are looking to the west because, again, there's such a wide swath of water between uh, the Midlands, for example, and the western lands. And, it's, and, they, and they don't always know what to expect there. There's kind of this concept that they're very mystical and mysterious and and a uh, hidden type of landmass and peoples and such. And so that also makes it more challenging, I guess you can say, to get a decent historical pulse or insight into what took place or what is taking place on that part of the world. And that doesn't mean stuff hasn't and, and doesn't happen over there, obviously. It's just that people on the other side of the, the planet, you know, the eastern side, aren't really as well informed as they could be. There obviously are many that are historical, historically speaking, whether they're sages, scholars, sailors and such, traders, merchants and things that do business with those people over there on the western lands. But for the most part, the, the common hoi polloi are not really that well versed in that part of the world. But they do have the unique distinction of having two origin cities. Now you could argue there's a possibility of a third with the foundation of the uh, patrician empire over there. But in reality, it's just two. 
and that is the gnomes and the halflings. Now the gnomes had their origin city called Arden. And Arden got its start like Gondad did, like a lot of these origin cities you'll, you'll find out, as being a smaller town or village. And uh, Arden was based on the... Well, based on one half, I'll just say it that way, because we'll get into that in a second, but based on one half of what would become known as Brianna. Brianna is, for those who don't know, is part of, or actually the foundation of, the uh, Briannian Republic. And the Briannian Republic en encompasses, um, obviously, the, the, the land of Brianna, but also the uh, islands of, I believe it's Irondale, Cardinia, and what's the other one? Black Isle. There's three different islands that kind of are real close to it that encompass and incorporate into this republic. And they have now, the gnomes I'm speaking of, more of a parla parliamentary form of government. So if you're familiar with uh, a lot of the European countries, how they are structured with a uh, prime minister and, uh, you know, uh, members of parliament and, and so on and so forth, that is a similar flavor to how the gnomes run their government and themselves. And how that came about had its origins, uh, pun intended, in the origin city of Arden. And as we said before, the origin cities weren't so much where these races initially came from, like suddenly one day they just popped into existence and they're right there and that's where they came about. It's more or less where they coalesced or ended up dominating a certain region and just obviously as that would take place, brought in more and more people to the same location and became uh, a focal point of that community, of that racial group, so much so that eventually people believe that this is where we got our start. Now, in the case of the gnomes, the gnomes were primarily, oddly enough, not really known outside of the Western lands. They have the unique distinction, along with the halflings, of not really getting outside too much of their area, whereas the humans were scattered all over the place, uh, the Northern Hemisphere especially, and the elves for the most part had a, a good, decent chunk of the land and colonial in the areas around that, and later a section of them or a portion of them would come to the Western lands and, and found uh, their, their new republic. The gnomes were, like I said, more or less kind of focused on Brianna in and of, it, in and of itself, and that is where they kind of gravitated towards and particularly around the area of Arden, although there were other cities and not cities, but smaller towns and villages and stuff besides that, Arden just had the unique distinction of being a more, as I said before, the Gondad is more of a centralized location that a lot of people found easy to interact with, uh, trade there, do a bunch of you know commerce and things and deals and things. It became kind of an important trading center and location for a lot of different gnomes in the area that were traveling through or making travel or trade trips to it. Uh, the unique distinction that it had was that its claim to fame, I guess you can say, was it, it was a central point that became a rallying cry for the gnomes when they were under attack. Uh, as I said in previous episodes, this was not a always pleasant time with the Shadow Years. There was a lot of change and transition that was going on with the people's and the populations, particularly the monstrous races, the, the dragons, the giants, the, the norms, they were all trying to take territory, keep territory, increase their hold, uh, resources, and so on and so forth. And as the population groups expanded, it was inevitable that they would butt heads some way, shape, or form. And this was the case with uh, the gnomes. A particular challenging thing with the gnomes, though, 
was that they were facing off with giants. And if you know anything about gnomes, maybe I should back up and explain that a little bit. Gnomes are kind of short. So they're probably about oh, about half the size of an average human. So, you know, somewhere in the, the three to four foot range, something like that. Um, they're not incredibly tall. So when you have a group that is, you know, that short going up against a group of people that are about 12 feet tall and with proportions to match, you, you have kind of a very <laughs> unique picture, shall we say, and a very challenging dynamic in which to uh, interact in any type of conflict. So it was a very uphill battle for the gnomes, and it was very challenging for them to try and get any type of uh, wins with them. And so as you can imagine, they were easily dominated in a lot of initial fighting, and it became kind of these vassals of these giants. That lasted for a period of time, but they didn't really like it. Obviously, it was they became more and more harassed and crushed underfoot, if you will, by the, the tributes and stuff that were imposed by them. So much so that they say, you know, we just we just got to put an end to this. And so there was a person by the name of Kenrick Kemp, who was a kind of a leader of that town of Arden, who decided to do something about it. Finally, found a way, or to get the, got enough desire and his fire in his belly, shall we say, to help his people, help himself, help his family, and put an end to this gigantic threat. And he was able to rally the people together across the uh, the land to stop these giants and, and, and arm themselves and prepare themselves and train and such to to finally be able to put themselves as a sizable enough force and a skilled enough force to. In the very least, you know, put the giants to flight or maybe even decimate them or destroy them entirely. That was the desire, that was the design. And they made Arden the rallying point, the uniting point, and he became, he kind of became the figurehead and the leader of the movement and the effort to oust these giants. And oddly enough, they were able to do so. They got enough help, support, and maybe even some divine favor, shall we say, that allowed them to rout the giants, to put an end to them, and basically get freedom back for the whole of their their area their their land obviously in the process because they were more solidified and they were rushed with victory they made kenrick their leader and they decided to name him king and the first king of the gnomes and decided to make arden the capital of his kingdom and that was the foundation of the origin city of arden now arden has a unique distinction of being a very closely connected origin city with the other halfling origin city, which we'll talk about next episode. And because of that, they would have, uh, I guess you can say, an initial beneficial relationship, which slowly degraded into a tit-for-tat, back-and-forth warfare that would go on for much of their history and ultimately would see the end of both origin cities. It's kind of like the Western version of Remelos and Gondad, with each city going after each other as far as their territories and colonies and such goes. The same was the case with Arden and the, the Halflings. They were trying to keep their own land protected. The only difference is that they shared the same land, Brianna. It's different in that Remelos and Gondad had their own lands. You had Remelos with Colony and gone dead with Talithiel. And that wasn't the case with Brianna, where you had two different people groups and two different origin cities kind of butting heads up against each other 
for much of their history. The unique distinction with the gnomes was outside of the islands I mentioned at the beginning there, the Irondale, Black Isle, and Cardinia, which they conquered and brought into their own control and empire. Um, they didn't really do any really great extent of imperial colonization. Uh, there was some elements of it with the halflings, a little bit, you know, with a couple spaces here and there. Maybe they got some trading posts or things established with the gnomes and such, but there wasn't as big a push with the other origin cities to dominate and control and, uh, you know, flex their muscles across uh, the northern hemisphere of Traladon. So that was also a unique flavor and feature of these origin cities in particular. But Arden has a unique distinction is that after they, after the origin city was destroyed, they still had the greater influence and control over the land. So what happened was the gnomes took over Brianna, and ultimately the halflings were incorporated into their empire. And the empire would transition into, like we have today, a parliamentary form of a republic. And so they had this republic of Brianna, that has a parliamentary form of government, and that has become the foundation of the modern era. And so in the end, it was kind of a nice, happier ending, I guess. The two races were able to blend together and, and share Brianna and share a common, kind of a common culture or history or so on and so forth. But, you know, they were able to find peace and harmony in, in the end, which was, I think, a good testimony to working together in, in diplomacy and the unique nature of their, their history unlike the other origin cities, but uh, it did provide, like I said, a, a very interesting foundation for their history because they had such two strongly independent-minded, you know, groups and empires working, you know, living side by side, and ultimately they were able to blend together into this modern uh, republic. So that's that's kind of the history of Arden. Again, I'm not digging to the super, super great detail on this stuff. There's a lot I can share because obviously these histories go on for millennia and that can you know be a lot of interesting things to dig into and well which i probably will do how they contributed i'll end on that note how they contributed to the imperial wars was that was that while the wars are being fought primarily by Colony and uh, talithiel and you know gondad and remolos over on the the eastern side of the the northern hemisphere you had the conflict between the gnomes and the halflings going on about the roughly the same time so it gave the illusion that while the two are not really connected directly or even really directly with each other, it was that they were having a fight or a conflict in their neck of the woods at the same time as uh, the other wars are going on. And so it lended a, a more of a convenient element to the narrative that, oh, this is a global war and that all over the, the northern hemisphere people were fighting for dominance and control and it was you know, the imperial wars. And so... You know, his, historians like to have some, some flavor and some panache to their stories as well. And so that's kind of how that came about. You had, you know, there was still fighting going on, like I said, with the, the gnomes and halflings, but it wasn't directly or even indirectly tied to what was going on with uh, Rebelos and Gondad, but it just conveniently happened to coincide with what was taking place during that time. And so they just all lumped it together and said it was the Imperial Wars and it was all going on across the world at that same time. So that's kind of how that got tied into the, the warfare with Arden and stuff like that. So I think, like I said, we'll wrap it up with this particular episode for Arden. Hopefully it was a, of interest to you. You got some insight for there. And next time we'll talk about the Halflings and their origin city and get into that in a little more depth. But thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next episode. This podcast is copyright Chad Corey.
all rights reserved.